You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Did you know that approximately 2,500 prophecies appear in the pages of the Bible? About 2,000 of which have already been fulfilled to the letter without a single error. The remaining 500 or so prophecies foretell the future and will be unfolding in the upcoming days, weeks, and years if we have that long. This is part one of our interview with Charles Dyer. Stay tuned for part two, Rolling Out Next. Charles Dyer is the author of What Does the Bible Say About the Future? He served as Provost and Dean of Education at Moody Bible Institute before becoming the Professor at Large of Bible at Moody and host of the Land and the Book radio program. Before coming to Moody, he served for 20 years in multiple faculty roles at Dallas Theological Seminary, ultimately serving as Executive Vice President under Chuck Swindoll. In addition to his role as host of the Land and the Book radio program, Charlie is an Old Testament scholar and an authority on Middle Eastern history and geography. He also served as associate pastor of Grace Bible Church in Sun City, Arizona. This guy knows what he's talking about, and that's why we have him on two episodes this week. Here in the Counterculture Mom Show, I'm your host, Tina Griffin. We are honored to have you join us today. The theme of the week is obviously this doubleheader series on end times prophecy. Check out last week's shows if you missed them. To dissect what's happening leading up to Christ's second coming, I'm with Bible scholar Charles Dyer. Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Tina, I'm doing great, and it's great being with you. Hey, you are just fantastic. I could not put your book down, by the way. Thank you for sending that baby in the mail. If you could send me a box of like 300 of those, I already know who I want to send them to. You and your wife, Kathy, have been married for more than 40 years. You have two grown children. So I just want to commend you for 40 years. You surpass like every Hollywood celebrity marriage. Well, uh, probably most of them. I, I don't know a few that are exceptions, and they're great ones to have. Uh, but uh, as you know, the key ends up being faithfulness. Absolutely. Thank you for getting all your education and digging in deep on the, the words and the pages of the Bible to know what is currently going on and studying it. Because just having on the program today, I'm excited to dig in deep. We have so many questions to go through. A lot of people wondering, is this the end times? Are we nearing the second coming of Christ? Now, Talking about that, conversations about end times is one of those areas of theology where people have many wild opinions and doomsday prognostications. What prompted you to write this book and address this topic? Well, on our radio program, we answer questions people call in. And of course, one of the questions people have all the time is, uh, what does the Bible say about the future? Uh, They have uh, details. They've heard something. They're afraid of something. And uh, there's so many of them. We just decided, let's take 30 of the best questions uh, that we've received over the, uh, the years of the program and just uh, answer them there so other people can have them. Because what I found is if one person's asking the question, there are a thousand others out there who have the same question. They just don't know how to phrase it correctly. Absolutely. You need an update where it's like the top 300 questions people are asking. So can you give us the top three questions people are asking you that you have in that book? Well, uh, probably the main questions that they ask are, uh, why did God even give Bible prophecy? Uh, what, what's next on God's calendar? And, and probably the third one is, uh, actually, I'd probably say the third one is uh, uh, all over the place, because it's whatever they've just read in the Bible that has stumped them, and they call and say, what does this mean? So dissect the first two. 
Can you go through like one of the questions you said that a lot of people ask is what's next on the timeline? What do you think that is? Well, as I read the Bible, the next event on God's timeline, and it's been there for the last 2,000 years, is the rapture of the church. Yeah! I like like how Paul said it. He said, uh, you know, there's coming a time when the dead in Christ will rise. And then he said, and we who are alive and remaining will be caught up. Uh, Paul expected that to happen in his lifetime. It hasn't, but it's still the next event on God's plan to roll out. And when God rolls out the rapture, removes the church from the earth, then all the programs and prophecies related to Israel start following in immediate uh, fashion, and uh, they fall like dominoes. I have chills. Did you see? I'm going to give you like 40 curveball questions today. I'm so sorry. You're like, hey, hang on a second. I know. Where's that coming from? (laughs) Did you see that they're now talking about rebuilding the temple? Uh, I am. In fact, I've been to the Temple Institute. They have all of the... uh, materials put together they've made the uh the garments for the priests and they've trained about 500 levitical priests and uh, just last week they brought in five uh heifers from uh, the red heifers five from texas uh, that are between five and eight months old and uh, they're hoping that one of them at least will uh, make it to the two-year mark two years in one day when they're able to sacrifice the red heifer which is the last real piece they need before they can begin temple sacrifices Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm not sure about this question. And I read all about the red heifer. And I remember like 15 years ago, they thought they found one and I was all excited. And then of course it wasn't it. So do you think people are rushing God by trying to find a red heifer around this globe to shove in the mix? Or do you think, Hey, why not? It's here somewhere. Well, I I think uh, some of the people have good intentions and some are trying to rush God. Uh, for us who, who believe that God is going to work things out, nobody's going to force God's hand. Nobody's going to make God do something before he's willing to do it. And indeed, uh, all those other red heifers that they hoped they had found ended up getting uh, more than two hairs that are a different color and were disqualified. So uh, <laughs> at the right time, God's going to have a red heifer that at two years and one day uh, is perfectly red and meets all of the qualifications. Okay, so does this red heifer with the 2001 days, is that what you said? Uh, two years and one day. It has to be uh, two years old. And, and then, of course, the way the rabbinics interpret it, two years and one day, lest they miscounted somewhere. But at that point, if it's still all red and uh, there's no, uh, no uh, other defects in it, no other problems that have arisen, then it could meet the qualifications. Uh, and as they say, you know, in 2000 years, they've not found one. Uh, so it looks like that at least they have five good potential candidates right now. That is just unbelievable. Okay, so will this... A uh, two-year-and-one-day-old, completely red heifer that can be now sacrificed on the Temple Mount. Correct me if I'm wrong, because this is going back about 15, 20 years of Bible school. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, it gets sacrificed, it says, outside the camp. So uh, they, they've identified where they think that would be and where they want to have it. It's a secret location. Uh, but once the red heifer sacrificed, they gather up the ashes, uh, and those ashes then are mixed with water. They're what provide the ritual purity. And the priests have to be made ritually pure before they could begin offering sacrifices and doing the temple, temple services. So once the red heifer's been sacrificed, been, its ashes have been gathered, at that point, they're ready to go. Okay, and how do the priests get cleansed? Uh, the, the, uh, the water that's put on them, it's, uh, they literally just mix a small amount of the ashes in water, and then uh, they cleanse them with that water. You know, so much of what can be done uh, can be done with a uh, mikvah, you know, a ritual immersion. But for the cleansing of the priest ritually, it had to be done by mixing some of the ashes of this red heifer into the water that uh, they then uh, that's then used with them. Hi, 
This is Kevin Sorbo, and I want to introduce you to Equipping the Persecuted and their important work in Nigeria. The mission of Equipping the Persecuted is, as the name states, to equip our brothers and sisters in any way that we can. People in Nigeria are suffering at the hand of terrorists for their faith in Jesus. Sadly, very little is being done to create a lasting solution. That's where we step in. Our goal is to protect, rebuild, and strengthen families in both body and spirit. We are prepared with the resources necessary to respond after an attack. We provide medical aid, food, and a team to pray and comfort victims. Our persecuted brothers and sisters need your help. Take action today with a monthly gift of $20 or more at equippingthepersecuted.org. That's equippingthepersecuted.org. Thank you for your time. Have you ever wanted to start a charity or ministry? Launching a nonprofit can be time-consuming, expensive, and overwhelming. If you have a vision and mission, but don't know where to start or how to raise donations, Capstone Legacy Foundation is your solution. Their ministry charity project allows you to receive tax-free donations without the expense and hassle of forming your own 501c3 and in less than 48 hours. This ministry partnership fund is exactly how Counterculture Ministries got its start, and we grew quickly. Capstone Legacy Foundation handles all your legal and accounting paperwork, allowing you time to develop the ministry and message God gave you. Call Capstone today at 610-688-8890 or check out capstonelegacy.org for more information. And tell them Tina sent you. Partner with Capstone Legacy Foundation to transform our culture for Christ and get your nonprofit started today. So you got the red heifer, you got the priests that are now cleansed. Will this sacrifice at the temple, what's going to start happening again, be happening after the tribulation period starts or we see this before the tribulation period starts? I I personally think it's going to happen after the tribulation begins. I think right now, uh, if you wanted to have a a war in the Middle East to just uh, start offering sacrifices on the Temple Mount, there have been rumors before of that and there have been riots on the Temple Mount as a result. So something's going to have to happen to change and give the, uh, the Jewish people permission to begin offering those sacrifices. And I, I tend to think that's the Antichrist. I think he's going to work out an agreement of some sort to give them that permission. So I see that actually happening uh, as the tribulation period begins. Me too. And this is what I think, correct me if I'm wrong, from what I remember studying scripture and everything over the years, when the Antichrist physically signs the peace treaty with Israel, that starts the clock ticking with the beginnings of the seven-year tribulation. What do you think about that? I agree completely. I think that's the uh, Daniel nine twenty-seven. that uh, last week, that last seven years of God's prophetic timetable leading up to the second coming of Jesus uh, is that covenant that's signed. Uh, and then midway through it, he goes into the temple and proclaims himself to be God. God which gives them three and a half years to build the temple and get the sacrificial system up and running. Yes. And there have been pastors that have said with everything in this day and age, with how people build things so fast, that temple mount probably will not even need to take more than three and a half months. Is the temple currently being built? Are plans being made for it? What do you know about the temple part of it? Uh, I I do know that they have plans. Uh, They have a portable altar that they can already roll up on to begin sacrifices whenever that permission comes. Uh, I've heard that uh, people have said they're gathering the materials, you know, gathering the uh, limestone and the marble. Uh, That I can't prove. I can't verify that. Uh, 
Uh, but I do know that they're dead serious about getting everything ready so that they can move forward quickly when that opportunity arises. This interview is absolutely fascinating to me. I, where do you live? Uh, right now in Arizona. You are I like not the sunshine close, and warmth. You are not close enough to us. Okay, I would be like at your door, dinner every night with the family. Let's dig in deep. Okay, peace treaty. What do you know about the peace treaty? I heard that several people in the recent couple of years have tried to get a peace treaty signed with Israel. Um, do you know anything about that? Are any peace treaties right now being drafted? If, and if so, who's behind it? And do all nations have to sign it? Like, give us a little dirt with the peace treaty. Yeah, well, we do know over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, there have been numerous attempts to try and bring peace between Israel and their surrounding neighbors, and every one of them has failed. Uh, whether it's Democrat or Republicans, the United States has led that effort, and, uh, and I think it's God. It, the timing's not right, and he's just not had that work. Uh, we do know that uh, Shimon Peres, former uh, prime minister of Israel, had said at one point, the Arabs in Israel don't trust each other. It's going to take a group, someone from the outside, to uh, set up this treaty to guarantee the, the peace for both sides, and it's gonna take a number of years. Uh, when he said that, all I could think of is, yes, someone perhaps from a revived Roman Empire, and he has a seven-year plan uh, to bring this treaty together. Uh, so we do know behind the scenes, there still are attempts happening, but uh, so far, nothing has, has taken place. Uh, and I, I don't think the timing's right because I don't think the Antichrist has yet been revealed to the world uh, who will come up and make that happen. I am so off script. This is absolutely insane. Okay, this this really has never happened before, but now you got, I, I'm just way too interested here. Do you think the Antichrist is alive today? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, but now here, I've got to back up and say this. Uh, in, in 1 John, John said, you heard the Antichrist is coming because many Antichrists are here. Satan is not omnipotent. Satan doesn't know everything. I think Satan has had his Antichrist all through history, someone ready to in the wings to step in. So there is someone right now uh, that could take that role. Uh, the one thing Satan doesn't know is when the rapture is going to happen. And, yes. Uh, the minute the rapture happens, Satan has his candidate ready to roll. And if the rapture is near, and I think it could be, yep. uh, that means that that Antichrist is alive somewhere or the potential one who will fill that role. Okay. Do you have an inkling or an idea of who could be the Antichrist? Well, I kid and tell my brother-in-law that he's the one, but uh, seriously, though, uh, I'll, st I'll stick with the Bible and say, uh, we know that the person has to come from a revived Roman Empire. Uh, that So Europe or the Mediterranean Basin, I think, is where the Antichrist is going to come from. Uh, and uh, we know that he's going to uh, appear to be a man of peace initially, riding a white horse, and yet warfare is going to follow in his path. Uh, he's going to seemingly just take the world by storm. Everyone's going to say, look at this guy. How can anyone not follow him? And uh, certainly with media and others are going to focus their attention on him in a way that makes him very attractive. But we don't know, at least I don't know who that person is right now. Oh, man, I was going to ask for the second runner up. So if it's not your brother-in-law, who would it be? <laughs> I am just going to say it now because it's recording. Why not? For the last two years, my gut is on the leader of France, Emmanuel Macron. And I have like 300 reasons why. Absolutely, I could be wrong. But I'm telling you, people, if that's a dude riding on the white horse, I said it right here in September of 2022. There, I had to timestamp that. All right, that was question number one for you, buddy. We're like halfway done with this interview. We're going to come back with more jam-packed knowledge coming from you right after word from our sponsor. 
The public education system is a burning building. But our children don't have to be trapped in the flames of anti-God, anti-American, and anti-freedom agendas. Rescue your children today. My Father's World can help. With a Bible-centered, complete curriculum for preschool through high school, My Father's World returns the focus to God, family, community, and patriotism. Join the nearly 250,000 families who have already escaped public education through homeschooling. My Father's World can also help you bring real education reform to your community with a micro-school or Christian school. Visit mfwbooks.com slash Fortina or scan the QR code for more information and get your special offer. That's mfwbooks.com forward slash the number four, Tina. For homeschool, micro-school, and preschool, My Father's World is your solution. The only way we can truly make America great again is by investing in America first. Cortez Wealth Management provides American-based investment opportunities so you can rest assured that your funds are supporting businesses that you value. Are your investments aligned with your beliefs? Are you unknowingly supporting Chinese companies? Do you know if you hold ESG investments? We will help you answer these critical questions and more. Our professionals provide a strategic planning process in our America First Retirement Plan that is uniquely tailored to meet your goals and objectives. With our competitive fees and personalized service, you will get the best possible protection and security on your investment while also supporting policies and products you believe in. Call Cortez Wealth Management now at 813-448-3446 or visit AmericaFirstRetirementPlan.com and schedule an appointment with us today. That's AmericaFirstRetirementPlan.com. Have peace of mind that when you retire, you will enjoy your golden years. If you don't currently receive our newsletter with the latest news that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about, go to counterculturemom.com and click on the button at the top of the page that says sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a quick glimpse of the shows that were released that month and the latest pop culture news you need to be aware of. Positive entertainment options are also given. Once again, go to counterculturemom.com, click on the button, sign up for our newsletter, and you'll receive that in your inbox within minutes. One of the teens that was reached with the information that we pump out said the following, I recently got the chance to hear Tina Marie speak, and I would be lying if I said it didn't change my life radically. She said all the things my parents have been trying to tell me, and I couldn't hear because Satan was closing my ears. She looked at the media, drugs, abuse, and alcohol in a completely new way, and I couldn't believe I had fallen for his lies before then. Besides parents reading our newsletter, we also have teens checking out our information, and a lot of them are absolutely understanding how the media is deceiving them. So make sure you go to counterculturemom.com, Click on the button at the top of the page to sign up for our newsletter. Thanks a ton for all your support. Now back to our guest. And we are back with Bible scholar Charles Dyer, who's breaking down what we can expect between now and Christ's return. Charlie, you have me at the edge of my seat here. Speaking as a former professor of the Bible, can you tell us what the Bible actually says about the future? And are we in the last days? Well, I think we are in the last days. Uh, In fact, the last days actually began at Christ's uh, first coming. And they continue all the way up to it comes again. So uh, in the the writer of Hebrews talks about this is the last days when Christ came. But when we think about it, we tend to think, okay, those last events that are leading up just to the second coming of Jesus. And we are not in those yet. Uh, Paul talks about them in uh, 2 Timothy. He talks about in the last days, perilous times will come. And then he begins describing something that sounds an awful lot like what we see today. You know, the men are going to love themselves, uh, lovers of pleasure, lovers of uh, uh, more than lovers of God. Uh, and he describes the, uh, the deterioration in the world situation. Uh, then Jesus gives us uh, several markers on the last days in Matthew chapter 24. 
Uh, he talks about uh, uh, the wars, rumors of wars, uh, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And he says those are just the beginning. And then he begins describing some very specific events that lead up to it. So uh, that version of the last days, we're close, uh, but we're not in those last seven years before Jesus returns. And do you believe that believers right now on the earth that place their faith in Christ during the church age will see any of the tribulation period seven years roll out? I don't. I think the uh, pre-tribulational rapture, and I say that because in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul talks about the, the rapture. He talks about us, the dead in Christ rising, then we that are alive and remain will be caught up. And then he starts chapter 5, and he uses a Greek phrase, peri dead, now concerning. It, he uses it in Corinthians and in Thessalonians to say, now let me switch topics. And then he talks about the day of the Lord and the time when the, 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 the world's problems are going to come. So in essence, Paul says rapture and then the day of the Lord. Uh, and I think there are two separate events. In fact, in Revelation, uh, the word church appears in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Then there's a gathering in heaven. And then in chapter 6, when we get back to the events leading up to Jesus' return in chapter 19, the church has disappeared. Um, in, in its place are 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel and Jerusalem and prophets. Uh, but the church is gone. And God again resumes his program with the nation Israel. Do you feel uh, with the natural disasters like storms, tsunamis, earthquakes, fires, the sickness like COVID-19, do you believe that that's all fulfilling Bible prophecy? I don't. And, and I'll tell you why. Uh, this sounds crazy. Uh, Jesus had mentioned those kind of things were just the beginning of trials, the beginning of problems. From the day of uh, Jesus' first coming till today, uh, the world has experienced uh, plagues. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the rise of, of Islam and the defeat of the Byzantine army was in large effect due to a plague that weakened the Byzantine Empire. So there have been plagues through history. There have been earthquakes through history, uh, fires and floods. But I think what we're seeing is an increase in those, and we're seeing the stage set. And when the tribulation period begins, I think what we've seen is going to pale in comparison uh, to what we're going to see then. In fact, as the book of Revelation describes it, if we take it at face value, half the world's population is going to be wiped out by war and famine and plague. Okay, and do you think that might happen before the rapture? Uh, again, I don't. I think those are uh, they're mentioned as part of the seals and the bowl judgments in the book of Revelation. So I see that uh, that type of tremendous destruction uh, being in that seven-year period. It's going to compress what might have happened in the last 2,000 years into seven uh, and increase it in that kind of magnitude. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to see a lot of famine and death because we currently are, but you're saying this pales in comparison for what lies ahead for those people that don't place their faith in Christ. That's right. You know, if, if, you, if you go to the, film, uh, the movies and they have the previews of coming attractions, uh, the, what we're seeing now are the previews of coming attractions, but it's going to be far worse and far more deadly in that period. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what are some prophetic signposts we can focus on if we want to understand what God has in store for the future? I always start with Israel. Israel is the center of God's uh, target, if you will. Uh, they're the bullseye in what God's program is. Uh, since 1948, there's been a nation, Israel, yeah. after 2,000 years away. Uh, the small but growing group in Israel wants to build the temple, and they're, they're dead set on, on getting that done. Uh, that's playing a role in the end times. Uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, from the day the prophet wrote until today, has never been fulfilled. And he pictures a time when someone from the far north uh, in the area, and as he described it, it's where Russia is, yes. is going to unite with Turkey, and he mentions Persia, which is Iran, and Libya, and uh, and Ethiopia or Sudan, 
and says they're going to launch a surprise attack against Israel. Uh, the last couple of weeks, it's just been uh, news uh, filling the, the newspapers. Turkey, Russia, oh, wait, well, Russia leading with Putin and Turkey and Iran together and China edging them all on. But uh, certainly those first three are joining together and uh, they're going to launch an attack at some point. So I keep watching them. Uh, all of those are signposts, I think, that are, that are showing us God's lining things up. All right, everybody, you have to buy Charles's book, What Does the Bible Say About the Future? For more amazing information on Bible prophecy, end times events, it will have you at the edge of your seat. Can you tell us, I know we can go to Amazon.com and get this book. What do you cover in this book of yours? Uh, really, the 30 questions that were asked most often on my radio program, and I think if people look over that list, they'd go, well, yeah, those are the questions I have, uh, some of which we've dealt with right here. Uh, but uh, what's happening in the future? What What is the seven-year period? I mean, it just covers all the details people have. And the goal was to provide a quick answer uh, to that question that gets them right into the Bible. Charlie, you've been a joy, a pleasure. Thank you for jumping on the program today. Everybody tuning in, you have to watch this doubleheader series, all eight episodes. You'll be at the edge of your seat, trust me, right here at the Counterculture Mom Show. If you're currently listening to this via radio or podcast, you can watch our weekly four-episode series by checking out counterculturemom.com. And also make sure you check out our previous shows. We have Agenda 2030, our upcoming Cash of Society, all of it showing once again we are at the end of the age. Charlie, you're fantastic. Thank you for jumping on our program today. And don't go too far. We have you for part two next. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 